Hey y'all, it's your girl Zaria and I'm back with another podcast, episode 6. Look, you guys, I finally got that right. I've been saying, I've been mixing up saying video, hey, I'm back with another video. And I, like I said, I, I do YouTube videos, so sometimes I will get it mixed up. How have you guys been? I know you can't respond back to me, but how have you guys been? I hope that you have a good, productive week. I know I said I was going to do a second episode for my last week's uh, podcast, but I just got distracted and procrastination is my downfall and it's going to be my downfall. I already know how it is, but I can honestly slay after after uh, Saturday, um, Sunday and Monday, I deep cleaned my apartment. I scrubbed the inside the cabinets, threw out a whole bunch of food. I took out these old TVs that I had an attachment to, and they're both they both were cracked. The 82 inch got cracked by a man, and that's going to be a story for another podcast episode. And then the other one was my father's TV that had got cracked, and I unfortunately cracked it trying to transport it from my uh, house to here, his house, my dad's house. But you guys. I feel really good. Like I can't I can say I feel okay mentally cuz in um because in March I was really down and really bad with my depression and I was, you know, being suicidal and just wasn't in a good headspace, but for now I can say that I'm in a better place right now trying to be better. It's all I can really do, you know, with clinical depression. It's all I can really do. But I think I might do a, another episode after this podcast because I have a lot of things that I feel like I want to talk about. But this, okay, so you guys, this podcast is going to be about, you know, little old me in Los Angeles and talking about certain things about racism and certain things about just growing up in LA. I'm going to talk about racism in general and a concept because I've had people who made numerous remarks and numerous little snubs at me regarding race. And I'm going to address that. And I'm going to talk about just Los Angeles and growing up with black and Chicano culture. We're going to talk about that. So starting off, like I said previously, my name is Zaria. If you're not familiar, um, my name is Zaria Boone. I grew up and been raised in Los Angeles, California. I was uh, born in like Los Angeles, actually Los Angeles. Like I was born at Kaiser Hospital. I wasn't born in like Inglewood. High. Most of my friends that I know were born in like Daniel Freeman, which used to be uh, a hospital in Inglewood, California. If you're not familiar with Inglewood, you know. If you're not familiar with Inglewood, it's the movie The Wood. The '90s movie The Wood is based off of Inglewood, California, where I reside right now. Um. Daniel Freeman used to be a hospital that they closed down down the street from where I live at right now. And Daniel Freeman was actually the uh, um, the creator uh, or whoever, the founder of Inglewood. So I grew up in Los Angeles. Um, I was raised by my grandmother, my, my great-grandmother on my uh, mother's side, which is, you know, my grandmother, who was my mother's mother, actually was killed um in the 70s you know I never got to meet her it's a long story with that situation um it's really a long story with that one um I was so I was let's start off where I was raised at so in California we have an area where we have we have in California we have different streets 
like long ass streets. Like we have a street called Lawson that goes throughout, like all through the hood, and then goes up to the bougie areas. <laughs> and then we have like a street called Crenshaw, and that goes the same thing. That goes from all the way to literally the hood and up to the bougie areas. We have these long streets, and we have streets like Florence as well. Like these are the streets that you'll probably hear in rap songs and stuff like that. Like if you're familiar with Nipsey Hussle's work, he liked to you know very much reference Crenshaw, the you know Crenshaw ass like his big you know thing like his you know he had his shop the marathon which he had like Crenshaw plastered all over you know everywhere he said he got his inspiration from the movie Boys in the Hood which were Cuba Gooding Jr. was wearing you know the Crenshaw uh hoodie that's what he said he got his inspiration for you know with the Crenshaw shirt so when I was younger you know my mother worked a um, she worked a security job, which was like overnight grade shift. So my grandmother had to really raise me and my sisters at the time. And my father as well worked, you know, grade shift. Both my parents were working long hours. My, my father at that time, I believe he went back to, he was a, t a lab technician at first in the hospital. And then he, when I was born in around 2000, he went back to school and got his, uh, you know, got his license in, um, what's it called? A respiratory therapist therapy. My dad was a respiratory therapist. Rest in peace to my dad. I miss him a lot. Um, that's another story for that time too. We got a lot of stories y'all. And so my, um, so at that time I was getting raised by my grandmother who was from Alabama. Both my parents are born and raised from Los Angeles. So born and raised Los Angeles. So I, I am a true Angelo at heart, this is my city, even though my city is superly, super overpriced and overrated, but it's my city. I was born here. My parents were born here. I am a true Angelo. And so my grandmother, uh, my grandmother's house was in the Rolling 50s area, Rolling 50 Crips. If you're not familiar, Nissy Hustle was from Rolling 60s Crip. I was raised in the Rolling uh, 50s area. Um, it was right, uh, like down the street from, um, like the Slauson swap me. Literally, I, I literally lived on the street Western, which is another street. If you're not familiar, if you're, if you're a person, I want to be very clear with how I'm saying and describing things. Cause you're not from Los Angeles. I want you to have a picture in your head. So Western is also another long street that goes throughout the area of South Los Angeles. So I lived on basically the cross street, Slauson and Western. Like I mentioned, Slauson's a long street. So just think about two streets that are crossing each other. So I basically lived on Sloss and the Crenshaw. The Sloss and Swap Me was a home to me. I was always there. That's why it's funny that, but it's funny how I get out and I'd be so scared to walk that area. And I literally was raising that area. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from a, uh, probably a position of privilege and we're going to get into that, but I was literally raised in the Slauson and Slauson Western area and also was raised in the Slauson Crenshaw era, which is where Nipsey Hussle had his store at. Because down the street, if you keep going down the street, it's the cross streets are Slauson and um, Slauson and um, Crenshaw, which meet each other. And I was raised in that little shopping center, always there. They had a, it's a Rouse at, I don't know if it's Rouse anymore. I think they took it out, but it used to be a Rouse right there. And it used to be a pizza place called Pioneer Pizza that used to have like, they used to sell these 
literally like sell these um like these huge pizza slices that my sisters and I were just always tearing up. I forgot to mention that I have two older sisters from my mother's side who I was raised with for my paternal, not my paternal, maternal side. Remember the person who was raised, we're talking about my maternal side. So I grew up in my house, 1711 West 55th Street. I don't live there no more, so I can say it. <laughs> 1711 West 55th Street. And I literally lived in that street and I grew up amongst black and brown people and just speaking on like tying racism into this let's get into this subject so i've had like people who made comments okay let's start this the reason why i started this podcast is because i felt like i needed a platform for my voice outside of instagram because a lot of people was always having a problem with my ranting on my social media where I'm always talking about social justice issue. At the time before I allow outside people outside. Okay, so I had a I had a One Direction account. If you're not familiar with the band One Direction, the boy band, I had a large following on that social media and I only really had before I let like people from school follow me, I only really had like my One Direction followers following me. So me talking about social justice issues to them, they, it doesn't bother them because we're all really kind of the same type of people. My little outside people kept, compl- you know, they keep making remarks about me ranting or whatever I post on my story. And honestly, I just feel like the people who complain about what I post on my story or the people who don't have no followers and the people who are afraid to speak their voice, like, don't be mad because you get you can't speak up for yourself and you're in an unhappy ass relationship where you're stuck because you can't speak up for yourself. And this is shade and now, yeah, I'm throwing shots, but it's the truth. Don't be mad because you can't speak up for yourself and you're getting mad at me because I know how to speak up for myself and I know how to speak on things. And if I ran a lot, and yeah, I do, because I am a vocal person. I'm not a quiet person. So don't get mad because you can't speak up for yourself, baby. Don't blame it on me. And I'm serious. It's only probably one person who has who say stuff about what I post on social media. It's probably one person who's a vocal person. And that's because, honestly, he's not my friend no more. And he always got something to say about what I'm doing and we're no longer friends at the moment. We might rekindle a friendship, but we're no longer friends. That's all I can say. He always had a problem with whatever I have to say. So that's the reason why I've been reaching out on spreading my voice on other platforms outside of Instagram story and not trying to do that little black screen ranting shit no more. But I'm still a vocal person. And for people to say that I talk about race too much, I am black. What the hell are you talking about? My, I am a black person with a grandparent from Alabama South. Like, what are you talking about? I am black. I am a. I can't even say. It. I am beat. I am a whole beat. Like I am an N word. I am black. I am a. It's not like I'm not a a, a a passing black too. I am a visibly black woman. I am. I am dark skinned. I have a big nose. I have big lips. I have black ass features. I am black. I'm not light. I am black. So what the hell are you talking about? I talk about race too much. I am a whole, like I'm about to say the N word. I can see you say Negro on here. I am black. What are you talking about? And I'm a black woman who has experienced literally misogyny. I have experienced like I have experienced everything. I have experienced colorism, racism throughout my whole life because of who I am. I am a dark-skinned black woman. I experience racism every day. Like, what are you talking about? 
<laughs> like the people who be saying that shit in this is that one bring it back that one friend that I'm not friends with we're not friends no more because he's always has something to like he was a, just a hater and I'm glad he's no longer in my life he was just a hater because like how are you like what are you talking about what are you talking about I talk about race too much. I am black. Like, what are you talking about? That don't make no sense. I am a black woman who grew up in the brown and black area of Los Angeles. Why I've seen black and brown people literally riot and fight. Like, what are you talking about? You make no freaking sense. If, 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 if race didn't matter in my life, why am I getting called black B by my father and my own biological brother? My father and my brothers rushed to call me that black bee like it ain't nothing my the people i share blood with the first thing they're gonna call me is a nappy headed beep like i am black what are you talking about you don't make sense like you don't make sense i am black like people who say that that's why i want to talk about racism and talk about growing up in los angeles because they're not making sense like you're not making sense I'm black. Like I say, I said it over. I'm gonna say this over and over, you guys. That doesn't make sense for me not to experience. I don't have any kind of privilege other than growing up with a middle class working father. That's probably like my only privilege. I don't have light skin privilege. I don't have certain features privilege. I have a dark. Like I'm dark. I have a big nose. I have a big. Like I am black. I don't know what you expect. Like. The only probably privileges I have is that I'm able-bodied. And that's like, uh, that's really it. Or maybe that I'm not. And also, I'm not really the darkest person in the dark skin range. That's the only privilege. You know, there's people who all, you know are darker than me, who have a darker skin, skin complexion than me. That's probably the only thing. But, like, what... You're not making sense. People do not make sense. They just be talking. It just it, it just be it just be birds chirping in their head. Like not making no sense, y'all. Like they don't make no sense. Race is my whole life. Like it's always gonna be there. Like look at me. Unless I bleach my skin. Even if I bleach my skin, it's not gonna change. You can't take away this melanin, baby. You can't take away. People don't make no sense. Like that is something. I experienced racism at the hands of my ex who wasn't even, like, please. Anyways, y'all, that's what I needed to address. The people not making sense. People really don't make sense. But anyways, getting back into, you know, my younger childhood growing up in Los Angeles, like I said, I started off in the area of uh, Slauson and Crenshaw and Western and, you know, uh, Slauson and Western. That's the area I grew up on. That street, rolling fifties. I went to my the elementary I went to is Tom Bradley Elementary, which used to be called Dublin. That was the original uh, name of it. They renamed it to Tom Bradley. Who Tom Bradley was the first black uh, mayor of Los Angeles. So, you know, actually Tom Mayor uh, Tom Bradley was the mayor, I believe, during the riots, which is also something I wanted to address. The riots uh, anniversary thirtieth anniversary was yesterday, and it's also going. It, the riots lasted for like two to three days, so it's still the anniversary. But that's something also that inspired me to want to talk about Los Angeles today because I grew up hearing the stories about the riot. Unfortunately, I wasn't alive. I said unfortunately because I wish I was alive because I wanted to be the one who was looting and taking TVs and stuff. But my dad was alive, obviously, during the riots, and he talked about how like there was money just flying out of the ATMs, and he thought about doing it, but people was over there stabbing each other over money and stuff, and he he did. He decided not to do the riots, but um, 
Yeah, y'all, people just don't understand. So I in um back to my elementary, uh Tom Bradley was in the area of the Baldwin Hills area. Although you guys Baldwin Hills is really considered the Okay, so let me explain it. <clears throat> There's an area in Los Angeles called Baldwin Hills. There used to be a TV show that aired on BET, which they didn't continue the syndication. But um, there's an area above Los Angeles that shows, it's in the hills of Los Angeles that shows like the whole skyline of Los Angeles. And it's called Baldwin Hills. It's basically like the Black Baldwin Hills. But also Ladera Heights is considered like the Black Beverly Hills, too. But Baldwin Hills is considered, it's where all the upper class black people, lawyers and big people, uh, honestly, before it was even like Black Beverly Hills, like, you know, the Kardashians, um, you know, father, um, Robert Kardashian lived in Baldwin Hills at one point. Baldwin Hills is like a you no know, upper class area. But at the end of the Baldwin Hills, like going down the hill, it's called the jungles, which I also lived in. So while I was living with my grandmother in the Slauson in uh, Crenshaw area or the Western Slauson area, you know, that area, while I was being raised in that area, my mother, like I said, she worked graveyard shifts. She still had an apartment in the Baldwin Hills area, which is under Baldwin Hills, which is called the jungles. Basically called the jungles because of the palm trees that were surrounding the area. And it's just a whole bunch of apartment buildings. So I'm trying to paint y'all a picture. So imagine a hill, and then like as you go down the hill, it's a whole bunch of apartments. And it's like really a urban area and the lower class area. And up, up going up the hill is literally a rich area, which is so fucked up. But it is. I still call it all Baldwin Hills because the mall is literally around the corner from the jungles. Like you go around, we have the theater, which we used to call the Magic Johnson Theater, but the Magic Johnson Theater is now Cinemark. Magic Johnson sold the theater. We used to have a theater called Magic Johnson, which so basically my elementary school was in that area of Baldwin Hills. It was down the street from Baldwin Hills Mall what they're trying to get rid of. And then my mother's apartment building is like around the corner from that, which is the jungles, Palmwood Drive. And I literally lived on the street where Denzel filmed the King Kong and got shit on me scene in Trainer Day. Literally, my dad literally couldn't even get to see me, like trying to get to see me that day, like as a child, because they were filming Training Day on that street. So I so basically I was always bouncing around from Baldwin Hills to uh you know the Slauson and Crenshaw well Western area sorry I keep saying Western Slauson and Western area which where the Grim Sleeper if you're not familiar with the Grim Sleeper the Grim Sleeper was a serial killer who was killing sex workers you know in the area of like Western you know like Western goes all the way down the street like like down the street it goes to from like Inglewood goes going down the street. And they have a place called the Snooty Fox. Like, it's funny. <laughs> like, on Western. But, uh, yeah, like, that area, that was the area that I grew up in. I grew up in, literally, the Slauson and Crenshaw area, the Slauson and West, uh, Western area, the Baldwin Hills area. That's why I kept bouncing back and forth. But then my father actually was living in Inglewood. My father had a condo in the North Inglewood side of Inglewood and I would sometimes go and spend the night there I wasn't living with him at the time so I was bouncing back 
from Inglewood to that area to that area. So that's why when I say why just rip, I just say like Los Angeles because I was always bouncing back. I didn't really grow up in the I mean, I had family who lived in a Compton area, so I was in Compton a lot, but I didn't grow up in Compton. I didn't grow up in Watts. I grew up in like the Slauson Crenshaw area, the, you know, the Western area and like from Baldwin Hills, the jungles. So that's where I was living at with my mother. So when my grandmother died, um, there's a lot of shit that went down with our family, which I would try to go. One day I would try to go into it because I really went through a lot. Like people don't realize like, like I was telling that same friend that I cut off because he's this asshole. I was telling him my story. He was just like, damn, like this is a lot you went through. Like, yeah, like I went through a lot in my life. People don't understand. I've seen so much shit in my life. And I'm still up here fucking barely holding it together. I I am trying my best to hold it together, you guys. Like, <laughs> um, I'm trying my best. So when my um, when my my I was still in elementary when my grandmother died. The grandmother who was raising me, my great grandmother, not the one who got killed. My great remember that my great grandmother was raising me, and I my whole life ended that's literally triggered my depression because my grandmother was like my life like she was the one who was really raising me and I didn't have a close relationship with my mother differences it's a long story but um you know that triggered my depression and I had like really bad like you know, shit happening, like, where I started to develop, like, anxiety attacks, and I started to develop, like, which quotation the attitude problem, which they place on little black girls who are angry and don't try to heal what's really going on with them. They just call us, they just call us fast, or they just say that we have attitude problem. They don't ever try to look into what's deep and what's going on with us. They don't ever try to look into that, but, um, it's really, like, I don't know, like, it, I'm, a, I'm gonna try to tie like racism into this while I'm talking about this. So while still living in the um, area of my grandmother's house, um, I grew up with a neighbor. His name was Kevin. I grew up with two neighbors who were do two different, you know, ethnicities on each side on my grandmother's house. My best friend, who was like my first boyfriend, Kevin, was a Hispanic boy. And then I had on my other side of the house was Christopher, who was a white boy. I didn't Christopher was always doing weird shit. So I wasn't close to him, but I always was actually it's funny I was always in their house, my neighbor's house. I really don't know what happened to him. Christopher, I will have to find him. I really don't know what happened to him. But Kevin, my first boyfriend, I been trying to find him forever. I don't know what happened to him. I've been trying to find him for forever, you guys. I don't know what happened to him, but honestly, that was really like my first like kind of, you know, interaction with someone who really wasn't who really wasn't my race. And like I've never like I can't comprehend how people can be so ignorant when it comes to race and when it comes to people who don't look like them. I I am not perfect and I can't think of the racist things that I've said off my head, but I honestly rarely said shit about race. I'll admit something that I have that I've done as a teenager and that was like I don't know back to one direction you guys. I've had said microaggressions when it came to um 
Fisig of the Summer, Callum. There's a if you're not familiar, there's a group called Fisig the Summer, and there's a member named Callum. And at that time, a Stan Twitter. If you're familiar, Stan means like a fan of like someone as a celebrity. And a lot of people kept making racist Asian jokes at Callum from Fisig the Summer, and I so. It was a bad thing. Like, it was that time of Twitter and social media was so bad. But even I did, even outside of that, I never understood how anybody could be racist. Like, I never understood that. I've always stood up for brown people, Chicano people. Like, you, I cut off people, like friendships who did it. Like, I cut off people who, like, like friendships and people who made like racist jokes against Chicano people or who made racist jokes against anybody. I don't laugh at them. It's not funny to me. Like, like I've always been this way. And I know I've always been this way because I remember like one time my, my mother tried to ask me some shit about Kevin, my boyfriend at the time, my little childhood boyfriend who was, you know, a Brown person. And she tried to like, she tried to say something racist and I just like got so offended. Like, like I've like never understood, you know, like I just never understood like that shit. Like racism is really taught. People don't understand hatred is taught and it's so stupid because as a child, I did not understand none of this shit. Like how people can be really fight over fucking race. And it's funny because like people say this now, like on social media, Whenever somebody's like, well, white people are exempt, I'm sorry. But <laughs> when it comes down to like minorities fighting, I'm always like not fucking with it because we are fucking minorities. We're trying to get through this shit together. And people, some people say they don't believe in like people of color, like celerity getting along saying that it's not real. I believe in that shit because I do it. I try, like, even when my ex was racist toward me, I never I never said nothing racist back to him because what does that solve? What does that solve? It doesn't solve shit. Why would I... He called me a slur and I call him a slur. Now we both looking stupid. Why would I... Like, that don't make no damn sense. People just don't make no sense. And, like, a lot of people on Twitter now be like, oh, I'm going to call them a slur back. We're going to go toe-to-toe with slurs. And I always quote it, and I say, what does that solve? How does that change anything? It doesn't make any fucking progress. Even if you don't think people of color, celerity is real or whatever, that don't fucking make no damn sense. No, make no sense. I'm sorry. That sounds the country's hell when I said that. No, make no sense. I said country. That don't make no sense, y'all. Don't make no sense at fucking all. But, um, you guys, that just don't make no damn sense. Like, I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. And I just never, that's just not who I am. I've always been this way. I always just, like, wanted, I'm not the best person. I already know I'm not the best person. I ain't gonna sit here and act like I'm just good. Because I'm not. I'm, shit, I probably, I can't remember things I've said, but I'm pretty sure I've never, and I was telling this to someone. And he was like trying to act like I said problematic. I'm like, nigga, you don't even, you don't even remember, you don't even remember say shit from middle school. So shut up. Like I, like I've never really said anything problematic. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm just saying that I just all, I still have this, I have this personality, and I'm still the same way to this day. So I don't know what you're talking about. And so you guys regarding um. Whew, Lord, I'm sorry, you guys. I got passionate talking about this. But back to, uh, like, elementary. I went to, like I said, I went to Tom Bradley, and I was still bouncing from, you know, 
from those areas, you know, that Baldwin's Hill, Baldwin Hills in the uh, Slauson and Crenshaw and Slauson and Western area just bouncing from that area. And then when my grandmother died, I was devastated. Like I said, I was developing depression. And then my mom, what happened, what happened, it was just a lot going on after she died where people were coming to her house and my mom didn't want us around all of that. So eventually I lost contact with Kevin. I still try to find him to this day, y'all. Help me out. Kevin Amaya, if you listen to this, I'm trying to find your ass. But um, so now I'm finally living in the apartment building with my mother, a one-bedroom apartment building in the middle of the freaking jungles, the dangerous area. I was depressed, y'all. That depression, I ain't never... Y'all understand that depression of those five years, but that was like the worst five years of my life. One time I just got fed up with it. One day, one day we're going to go more in detail about that, but I got fed up with it. And I just called my dad and said, can I live with you? And one, he finally said yes, because for the longest, I was always trying to live with my dad. But he, minus my sisters, we don't have the same father. So when I say my dad, I'm not talking about like, I'm, you know, exempting my, like, you know, saying my sisters can't come. But like, it's like my dad, I was literally trying to live with my dad for years. And I finally, he said yes. Like, he literally said, okay. Like, he must have been in a good mood, y'all. Like, he didn't, he didn't ask me no questions. Like, why? He just said, okay. So, y'all. Next thing you know, I'm packing my things up out of my mother's apartment and I'm leaving. Like I just start my dad to start packing my stuff and letting me live. And, and uh, scratching my neck, y'all. That wasn't a better situation, but at least I had my own room. Like with my with my mom's apartment, I had to share a room with my sister, one room, and that was terrible. We was fighting and stuff. And when I got to uh when I got to my dad, he was toxic too, but like, at least I had my own room. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> but now when back to my, going back to my father's background. So my father's had that condo in Inglewood, but what happened was my brothers were doing the most and he had to purchase a house in this gated community that's in Inglewood, a gated community in Inglewood, California. So this is where I went from living in the rural areas of South Central. I said rural, not rural. That's not the word I want to use. The urban or the lower class community of South Central. And then I moved into an area that most working class black people are living in a, a gated community. So people get so confused when I talk about where I came from and they think I only lived in this gated community my whole life. First of all, this gated community is only 15 years old. I'm turning 25. So 25 minus 15. Do the math. Do the math. Obviously, where the hell was I at my remaining years of my life, before my life? So obviously, the gated community was not in my life eight years earlier. I think my dad got the house when I was like eight or whatever. I might do the bathroom. I don't know. But literally, y'all, because my, 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 my grandfather, I mean, my grandmother died when I was like eight. So <clears throat> like, come on, bro. Like, so I started living in a gated community and now I can say I'm speaking from a, a, you know, uh, a level of privilege now because not most people are able to even escape the hood and just get out of it. But I don't know. So now this is me living in Inglewood. So now I'm in middle school. Middle school, I went to Overright Middle School, which is in Westchester, California, which is the more white area. They didn't want 
Westchester, California is also a high school in Los Angeles called Westchester High School, which is in Westchester, California. And they, they honestly, it was a, it, they are considered white schools, but not really. They're not really dominated by white, but they're dominated by black and brown people. Or there's like a little bit of Asian, there's a little bit of white people in those. <laughs> but a lot of people who went to those schools lived in the areas that I lived in. Their home schools were Audubon Middle School. Their home schools were Crenshaw High School, Dorsey High. Like those were their homeschool and, and they were like a lot of their parents were trying to ship them out to the better areas to, you know, if they can get a better education because lower income communities in Los Angeles don't get that many same, you know, resources as the school like overwrite and stuff. But since I was going through all my depression and stuff like that and trying to kill myself and stuff like, like, so like trying to do the most and trying to do the most and all these different things and stuff like that, my, um, my dad, uh, <laughs> my dad sent me to Inglewood High School. Not Inglewood. He ain't sent me to Inglewood High School. Mind, this is the school. There's a school in high in high school in Inglewood, California called Inglewood High. I did not go to that damn school. I would have rather, y'all, not got an education at all. I went to Morningside High School, which is in Inglewood, which is the, the rival of Inglewood High School. <laughs> I went to Morningside High School. But, um, yeah, you guys, like, going to Overwrite was just, was you know I wasn't you know I wasn't popular I wasn't popping because I'm not like there's I'm gonna do a podcast about like different like arts types of black people because there's so many different types of us I was the awkward black girl the awkward black insecure black girl who was going through colorism and who was going through stuff I used to walk around with this huge South Park hoodie I don't know if I'm saying it's to be a brand called South Park I might be tripping but girl when I y'all know them hoodies like you have a big old hoodie with the fur and the hood y'all that was that was the stuff back in LA that was the stuff but um I used to walk around with a hoodie that large and not take it off. I know that hoodie was musty, y'all. That hoodie was nasty. I didn't wash it. It was nasty. Like, I did not want to take that hoodie off just because I was so depressed and I didn't want to get darker because of the sun. It was so much tied into colorism. Over, I was not a good experience. But I did host a 10-year reunion and it was fun. Think. <laughs> Morningside was a whole different experience moving on to Morningside as a teenager because I was so used to being in a more diverse background like with Overright because Overright was dominated by Hispanics and Black but and but this was like mm, this was like a white school more big then I moved to Morningside and it's more dominated by Black and uh you know Black and Brown people and it's just like it's hood, y'all. I wasn't used to that. I wasn't used to that in a while because I've been, you know, in my little gated community, bougie and stuff, you know. And uh, I went to a hood elementary school, and I was hood, y'all. I was so hood. And then I, when I when I got to middle school, I just started acting. I just started acting Malibu. I don't know what happened. I'm still hood, but y'all, it was it was bad. I don't know. Then when I got in middle school, I started liking Vampire Diaries and got. On my uh, Twilight, Robert Pattinson, Team Jacob, y'all don't know what happened. I start acting up. Like, I didn't know who I was. <laughs> I'm like, but I'm like, then I, when I got to Morningside, I was getting very much tormented by the brown people. Like, because that's who I was hanging out with. I wasn't hanging out with the hood black people because I'm not a hood black person. Even though I, like, got raised in the hood, I wasn't, 
I'm not a hood black person because my, even though you like my grandmother didn't let us run the streets. Like we was like going to church. She was making us go to church and stuff like that. We was never running the streets or anything like that. We still were like hood, but like, it's like people don't understand. Not everybody in the hood going to act hood just because like, you from the hood, like, don't, like, some people, parents actually don't make them go out, you gotta be in by a certain time, you know, like, stuff like that, I know that, I know there's people who in the hood, and they really in the hood, and they going through it, but my sisters and I weren't like that, we were, you know, we were good girls, we didn't do all that, but, um, so I get to Morningside, they, I'm getting tormented by, like, racist classmates, like, they being racist toward me, they telling me I don't act black, they telling me I act white, stuff like that, I'm getting, alienated alienated from like the black student because i'm not that type i was at that time i wasn't the type of black girl that they wanted to hang out with and a lot of people really hate the sob story of the oh i wasn't yeah the black student alienated me because i ain't anchorate like everybody hate that sob story but it's the truth it's the fucking truth it really does happen people try to act like people try to dismiss that and it really do happen like Black people do alienate people who don't act a certain way, and it's bad, but it, it, it's the truth. Like, it's something that we need to work on, but people hate that we got we talk about certain, we point out certain stuff that happened in our community, and these things really do, you know, happen. You know, like, these things do happen. And Morningside was a terrible experience the first two years because the students were just being racist and teasing me and bullying me and all that. Like, it was bad, but, like... Like I said in my previous, um, my last episode when I was talking about, you know, how someone made that hate page and was telling me not to dress a certain way. I told them, I don't know, I, I said I continue to dress the way I want. It took me into 10th grade and 11th grade to get like that. And that's because I was so fed up. I was like, I don't care what nobody think about me. You ain't my mommy, you ain't my daddy, and I'm going to die alone anyway. I, I ain't dying with you. You, Your opinion don't matter. No opinion don't matter. So that's what I was just saying. but. I want to talk about that. Let's just get into, let's just talk about like Los Angeles, just living in Los Angeles. So like living in Los Angeles, like we just had like our mall that we go to is the Fox Hills Mall. That's the mall that we uh go to now. It's called Westfield Culver City, but we all call it, oh, you where you at? Fox Hill? Oh, okay. Like now they over here trying to change Los Angeles. They trying to change the name. They changed the Staples Center to, uh, Crypto Arena. Ain't nobody calling no damn Crypto Arena. We ain't calling no. Anyway, we ain't calling no. And in the form, we have this big old arena in the in the uh, Inglewood, California called the form. It's where the Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers played. And at the time, it was called Great Western Form. But we just call it the form. Now they changed it to Kia Form. And I believe my friend said, oh, like Kia just... Uh, um, about the uh, they didn't buy the form, they bought the name right. But so far, they look like they doing a worse thing. Chase, my friend said Chase at one point bought the name and right. But I'm like, I never heard nobody call it Chase form. They calling it Kia form. They got it on the cut. I saw people posting the cut. They call they calling it Kia form. Nobody calling it Kia form. It's the form. Like growing up, okay. What else? Uh, we have Baldwin's Hill Mall. Like I said, we call it sometimes we call it Crenshaw Mall. If you watch the movie Love and Basketball in the background, where uh Q was taking uh Monica home from practice or like the game or whatever, in the background it has Baldwin Hills Mall. Watch that movie if you're not from LA. Called it's literally called Love and Basketball. If you ain't from LA, but yeah, y'all. What else? Uh, like we said, we got the Slauson Swap Meet. That's, you know, hood swap meet where we go to. 
Swasa Swan me, the moment you can jump out the car, you're going to get hit on. If you got something on, if you, I'm not going to say if you cute. Because they hit on anybody. But, like, if you a girl, don't go to Swasa and Swap me by yourself. You're going to get you gonna get sexy harassed to the teeth. Um, we got other malls. We got the Bougie area. We got the Lamo Mall, which they renovated. We got South Bay, which nobody go to. South Bay is like a ghost town. If you come out here, South Bay Galleria ain't a good mall. I don't know how that. That mall is a money laundering scheme. Because this mall is located in, like, the Torrance, California area. It's called South Bay Gallery. If you ever come out here for the tourists who are listening, it's a ghost town. It's never busy. Like, even during holiday, I swear to God, South Bay Gallery is never busy. I never understand how it still operates. It's a money laundering scheme. It's a money laundering scheme. I don't care what you say. Nobody goes to South Bay Gallery. The only thing that could be possibly keeping South Bay Gallery up it's literally the damn movie theater. People go to the movie theater at South Bay, and then, like, other than that, ain't nothing else. Swear to God, you guys. Swear to God. What else? Uh, we got, like, Glendale Mall. We have, like, the Carson Mall, which is Carson, California. Everything that I'm naming, all these cities, is basically just a sub of Los Angeles County. Los Angeles County just curves, like, whatever, this, like, Basically, all these areas are just, like, considered part of Los Angeles County. We also have, like, Orange County, which is different places. You know, like, shit like that. Like, but yeah, y'all, Los Angeles ghetto. I don't know why people keep moving here. Like, it's just too much expensive, overly priced rent. You got to make three times the rent. And somebody, I remember somebody tweeted <laughs> the other day and was like, if I'm making three times the rent, why do you think I'm trying to live here? I'm like, ha! <laughs> I was laughing. I'm like, my apartment building required four times the rent, I believe. Y'all, somebody somebody playing games. I don't know what's going on, y'all. But, yeah. I don't know. Growing up, part of, like, L.A. is just, like, black and brown culture. Black and Chicano culture. That's really it. And back in, y'all understand, like, black and brown people be fighting. Like, people really think, like, a lot. Of, my friend was saying that um, she said the way that movies depict black and brown fields is kind of overrated. And I'm like, nah. Like Westchester and like Inglewood High and schools like where it's predominantly black and brown people, they really do be having riots, like fighting. Like black and brown people really do be fighting. Like black and Chicano people really be fighting. Like. Like, it ain't nothing fielding. It's so fucking pointless. Like, that's really L.A. Like, <laughs> we are the ones who inhabit this place. We are the ones who found this place. Like, Afro, Afro-Mexicans and Afro-Latinos and, uh, like, Native Latinos literally found this city, Los Angeles. So, we, this is our fucking city. And especially Inglewood. Inglewood, like, they built this stadium in Inglewood. If you if you watch the Super Bowl, that's where they built the stadium at. They, where they had the Super Bowl at. And I did not support it. I went to Atlanta. I did not post about the Super Bowl. I did everything I said. All I said was after Super Bowl and I deleted it. And then I said after Super Bowl or something else or posted something and deleted it. Because I was waiting on to get on my flight. I left the day of the Super Bowl to go to Atlanta, Georgia. And I don't support that damn stadium because they're raising and they're kicking black and brown people who've been here for years in this area, Inglewood, California, and they're kicking people out, an area that people lived in for years. 
the Caucasians left. They literally left. They didn't want to be around us. They didn't want to be around us. I ain't gonna lie. I, 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 wish, I, I just want to sprinkle a little bit of racism to come back. Just sprinkle a little bit where, to the point where they feel uncomfortable around us again. They don't feel uncomfortable anymore. A Caucasian person was come sit right next to you. Come sit right up on you. They used to be scared of us. They don't. They're not scared of us no more. They just. They. They. They breathe the same air as us. They don't care. I. I go into my gated community right now. The process. My father passed away, and I am in, in the process of selling that home. But um, I go. I go into my gated community and see them just walking their dogs like it ain't nothing. That used to be a black community. That used to be a black gated community in Inglewood. Now it's all different. Yeah, they. They. Because of the stadium, they taking everything. They just they trying to move back because it's Inglewood is becoming the new it spot again. And I'm like, no, that's not fair. Y'all left. No, y'all left. Now y'all want to come back and inhabit it. No, no, no. Inglewood is ours. Inglewood, we gonna make Inglewood hood again. We gonna make Inglewood hood again. <laughs> One day we gonna make Inglewood hood again. We are gonna see. I'm just saying, y'all. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm going to give y'all some movies to watch if you're not familiar with, you know, Los Angeles movies or whatever. Go and watch. I'm going to tell you to watch Love and Basketball. Just for that scene with the uh, Bobby Hills slew overseen in the background, you know, the sign from the mall. And I'm going to tell you to watch The Wood because it's Inglewood or Dope. Dope is a... Dope is a movie that they put out like uh, like The Wood, like a, a spinoff to The Wood, the movie. Like dope, but dope ain't that good. Dope is I. It was. It just made us hype because we finally got our own version of the wood or whatever. But and then and the character was like obsessed with the nineties, whatever. But my point is, dope is a cute little movie or whatever. I give it a little. I give it a little like. I give it a little uh nine or eight. Nine or eight. It, it, it's mm, it's alright. But uh, try to watch those movies, y'all, to know the. History of Los Angeles. Not the history, but get a little scenic view with Los Angeles. I don't know. But yeah, y'all. I'm just a little Los Angeles girl living here. Trying to figure out why I'm still living here. Because the rent is overpriced. It's just so bad. Like, it's just, ugh. But anyway, let's get into the, uh, the 30th anniversary of the riots. You know? I honestly wish I was alive for them. I really wish. It's not fair I was born, uh, six. No. Five years later, it was 92, right? I said six because I was thinking of uh, the year that Rodney King was beat and the year that Latasha Harlan was killed. So, Latasha Harlan was this little girl, 15-year-old girl, who went into, uh, like, a Korean-owned liquor store and the Korean-owned store owner thought she was trying to steal and, like, shot her in the back of the head while she was walking out. And that literally spilled 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 i'm gonna say it right spilled like filled well filled anger between koreans and blacks and that's still in, in the way that they depicted a movie y'all think we playing it's, it's really like that asians and black in los angeles have been going at it for years because during the riot they burned down all of the korean stone uh store stores and the businesses that's because of Latasha Harlan and because y'all were just in the area. Uh, people try to, somebody, um, the, um, sorry y'all. So somebody literally posted, um, like a, a thread talking about only about the Korean store owners, how they all got burned down instead of, uh, spreading light on 
the people who lost their lives during the riots or something. People's like, they don't understand looting. First of all, and this is like, this is someone during like, this is me as a person during the Asian hate crimes. I literally was on, like literally was saying that I don't agree with Asian hate crimes and I don't agree with them trying to bring out black, anti-blackness tweets. And I, I said, I don't also don't agree with uh, xenophobia either. This is someone who I'm saying it's on both sides where we need to end it. The anti-blackness in the Asian community and the xenophobia on the black me. I said this xenophobia on the black me. And people tried to attack me over what I said. There is a lot of xenophobia in the black community, especially Los Angeles. I am a Los Angeles girl. I'm talking about basic. I'm really talking mainly about Los Angeles black people and their xenophobia. It's very bad. And I'm black. I hear what they say about Asian people. I hear it's bad on both sides. I don't agree with both sides. But what I can say about the riots, why are you moving to lower class communities? Why are you moving to lower class communities where it's inhabited by black and brown people? If you don't trust them, you're always going to be watching them, following them around. Hurry up and buy. Hurry up and buy. If you're going to be like that, why are you moving your businesses into our communities where we're going to be your consumers if you think we're just criminals and thieves and still like in like robbers and whatever why are you moving into our communities because black and brown people been inhabiting to this community especially like in the area where they burn all those damn stores like this is our area like and it's just the tension still goes on to this day. I've been, I go into the beauty supply store and they follow me around. They look at, I feel so nervous when I walk into a beauty supply store because I know they're watching me. They're looking at me. I notice that what they're doing is they're trying to incorporate or incorporate more black, um, more black like uh, employees in their stores. But I literally a few months ago, I went into a, um, the beauty supply across the street from my apartment to buy some um hair uh some shower caps that I needed some to uh do like hair masks and stuff. And one of the one of the it's like I noticed that there's some days there's like the uh Asian like uh workers working and then some days there's black people working in that store. So it looks like a lot of in this area of Inglewood that they're incorporating more black workers in their stores, but they still watch you. Cause one girl has some braiding hair in her hair. She was walking towards the door on her phone and the Asian lady kept staring at her hella hard. And I it just reminded me of the rise. I'm just like this shit still goes on. They still watching us. They're still following us around in Los Angeles. It's very hard in South Los Angeles. They're still following us. This is as a person who's who lived to see the aftermath of the riots. Like, you know, I wasn't born during them. I was born in 1997. The riots was 1992. And the 60 riots, I definitely wasn't alive for that one. But yeah, this is someone who is living now in Los Angeles, South Los Angeles. And it's still going on. The, the tension, the racial tension between, you know, us and you know the they still own mainly that's why they're so big on trying to open uh black more black uh beauty supply there is one that i think might be black owned i'm not sure i see i never really see any that person who's not black working in that store it's one down the street from me and they're cool but other it's, it's like about like three beauty supplies in like my street because there's one there's more down the street for me that I, you will always go to that's where my dad on manchester like inglewood and manchester uh i think the crenshaw manchester right there there's a beauty supply and i will go to that one and yeah they do be following you around it's still going on 
30 years later in the riots, after the riots, after Latasha Harlan's death, after the beating of Rodney King, it's all still going on. It's still like racial tensions is still high. I don't think anti-blackness is going anywhere anytime soon. I will hope that it will go down. Anti-blackness is so deeply in, in like so deeply in like the communities of people of color. Like it's, like people who are dark just like us hate us. Like people who are like Middle Eastern and who could be as dark as hell would really hate us. Like that's how bad anti-blackness is. Like people people are thinking talk about talk about racism. Anti-blackness is deep. Like people who this people who literally refuse who literally refuse to get work from black doctors and they rather would just die just because they black they're a black doctor. Don't ever tell me I talk about race too much. I ain't that's stupid. That's stupid. I am trying to change things. I'm spreading. I'm trying to spread light and I'm trying to help us get out of this. I'm trying to get out of it. It's not like I'm saying nothing ignorant. I'm not saying microaggressions. I'm trying to help. I'm talking and I'm spreading light on something. I'm trying to help us get out of this. Like. Race is always going to be a topic. It's always going to be a topic because we all look different. We all look different. It's always going to be a topic, but it's something that we need to work on and to better it and how we all can literally work as humans and get through this. People people don't be, people just be talking out their ass when they be like, you guys, they don't know what they be talking about. People don't know what they be talking about. Swear to God. But I can say as... Uh, Angelo, a Los Angeles resident. I am proud to be a Los Angeles resident. I am proud to be born and raised here. I'm glad that my parents were born and raised here because it's a good city. It's beautiful. And I hope that I will get to see more of California outside of just Los Angeles. That is my goal. I want to start saying my goal for this year is to see more of California, not just Los Angeles. I want to go up to, I've been up to Northern California before and we were, and we had got called the N word in Northern. People think I'm just, people think when I be talking about race, I'm just bringing up stories out of my hand. No, like we, I went to Northern California, Chico. I went to Chico, California for a, a field trip. When my high school, we went because there's a there's a, a high there's a um sorry there's a university called Chico University, Chico State University, this in California, and we went because my high school does a partnership with that um particular university, and we went to see what the university looked like, and while we was on a scavenger hunt, we got called the N word. Come on, bro, like. Well, technically it wasn't my group, but they were just talking about us all in general. It was like different groups and we were broken up into different groups, but I heard that we were called the N-words or whatever. So like, come on, bruh. Anyways, I do want to travel like Northern California. I want to go to the Bay. I want to, you know, I want to go up to the mountains, like where they, you know, I I, I just want to. I just want to see more of California. That is my goal this year. I And travel. I really, really want to travel this year. Pray for me, y'all. Manifest for me, y'all. I deserve it. I haven't had no break since my father's death. I just had to jump right into planning his funeral at the age of 22. I'm only 22 years old, and I had to plan my father's funeral by myself. I had to pay for it by myself. I had to do everything on my own. And I haven't had no break because of the pandemic happened. I couldn't go nowhere in the pandemic. I went. I went to Atlanta at the end of uh, 2020, but it's only it was only for a limited. And I, I've been to Atlanta three times so far, but, you know, I haven't been able to. I feel like those weren't breaks. 
I haven't been able to sip a freaking coconut on an island. I've just been going through death through death and going through much. I really just want to break. I really just want to relax and just reel in the fact that my father isn't here anymore. That was really like my best friend. People don't understand, even though we had, you know, uh, we had our problems in the toxic ways, but that was really my best friend. And people don't really don't understand, like, I haven't had a break. I just had to jump back into work. I had to go to work, work my butt off, still work. And then I had to get an apartment now managing rent. I've been in my apartment for a year and a half now, I believe. And I haven't like been able to just like, you know, accept my reality. I haven't, and I know that's reality for most people that they just go through stuff and they just have to deal with it and just work. And that sucks. That freaking sucks. I don't want that for people. I want people to actually have a chance to, you know, heal. Here we go with those loud cars, y'all. I'm sorry if y'all hear that car. Hold on, y'all. Hold on, hold on, car. Here we go, a car on my street. Oh, Lord. I'm sorry. I told y'all I live on a crazy street, but all right, y'all. This is the end of this episode. Growing up in Los Angeles and talking about race and everything, whatever. I don't know what I'm going to name this episode, but I appreciate whoever is listening. I really, really like to the deep down. I really appreciate if you're listening because I definitely need this. I definitely need a platform to help me. I feel like I have a gift with my voice and I really want people to hear me out. Okay. Please, please continue to listen and we're going to have more episodes to come. I, I might do another episode after this. We're going to see. We're going to see. I'm going to give me a little, I think I'm going to go give me some frozen yogurt or something. You know, relax. I think I deserve a little self-care. I've been trying my best. You know, I have a book that's called The Little Book of Self-Care and it's called 20, sorry, 200 Ways to Refresh, Restore, and Rejuvenate and I've been trying to follow it. So far, I'm two pages, you know, crossed out two things in this page. I put some warm lotion on myself and I, uh, what is it? What is that? Decluttered my space. I decluttered my, like I said in the beginning of the video, I decluttered my bathroom and I decluttered my cabinets, my food cabinet. And the next thing I'm aiming for is my closet, y'all, because my closet is a hot ass mess. But anyway, going back to ending this podcast, thank you, thank you so much if you're listening. I appreciate you. And until next episode, thank you. I hope you guys have a new, uh, I'm sorry, I hope you have a good week until Saturday. That's the next episode. Well, I might do, like I said, I might do another episode after this. <laughs> but I hope you guys have a good, good remainder of your night. Until next Saturday, we see. Bye. Have a good day. Well, night, Lord. <laughs>